up witches welcome to my show i am super excited to announce the launch of my official patreon account by supporting me if you love my show or enjoying sup witches you can have the chance to become an active participant in my creative process as a member you receive exclusive content community access behind the scenes updates and the pride of fueling work that matters to all of the witches community from the most basic level as a basic witch all the way up to an enlightened master. I give you different opportunities to work with me one-on-one -on -one and become more intimate in the sub witches community. I will link the content in the show notes to check out my Patreon account and I hope you will consider supporting the show. Have a wicked day. recording awesome awesome okay so i have my boyfriend on the podcast i've been asking him to do it for a few months now that really works out <laughs> he's avoiding this but he's finally here we're finally doing this because we have literally nothing better to do on this saturday night of march so can you say hi to hey guys what's up classic covid saturday right <laughs> nothing to do but eat yeah. So I'm ready. I'm excited. Eat, sleep, fuck, and shower. And repeat. And repeat. <laughs> um, so can you tell our audience about yourself? So my name is Nick. Um, He's I've the most handsome guy in the world. Totally not, but we'll pretend. <laughs> um, I don't know. So I guess I'm into fitness. I like hanging out. <laughs> the huge, the huge. I'm a little nervous. I've never been on a podcast Everyone before. is nervous for some weird reason. Yeah, I don't know why, because it's in my room. We're in <laughs> so his room on yeah. his computer, and people think I'm going to be, like, grilling them. But it's really just, like, we're talking, and I'm just recording the conversation. Yeah. So I don't have anything specific that I want to talk about. So why don't you tell people what your astrological sign is? So I'm a Libra, right? He's a Libra. I'm a I'm Cancer. A my moon rising is my moon is in Libra, which I found out yesterday. So apparently Libras are known for like, they like to debate subjects. They could talk about controversial topics. They're very, um, they advocate for people. They like to fight for justice and equality. They're all about human rights. It's an air sign. Yeah, I could see that relating to me. Yeah. Yeah, love a good old debate. <laughs> so can you tell everyone about how we met? So, because you're literally all I talk about. On so, <laughs> so funny story. Um, one of Lauren's good friends, Hope, is actually one of my good friends' girlfriend. So, quick, quick backstory. Last Fourth of July was when I met Hope, and she was an awesome girl. And then fast forward to September, she started telling me about Lauren. Of course, she didn't like name drop you at the time. So she's like, "Oh, I have this friend. I'd like us all to meet because it would be awesome." And then for whatever reason or another, it just fell through. Like you were going to come to like an October thing and I had a couple backyard events. But needless to say, October came around and we finally all meted at a restaurant, right? A breakfast right, spot. Yeah. Because we were going to go pumpkin picking. There was like a little uh, carnival thing going on. So, and it was actually so funny. I went to go use the bathroom. And then when I came out of the bathroom, that was actually like Lauren was like right outside the door. Walking into the bathroom. Walking into the girls' bathroom, of course. 
And I was just like, oh, interesting. I made eye co contact with her and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I walked to the table. And then four minutes later, you came to the table and I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Because it could have been anyone. Yeah. So, yeah, then. Uh, we didn't like each other. Yeah. Originally, we were just like, oh, hey, what's up? What's up? All cordial and friendly, of course, but. I was telling Nick about yeah. all the guys that I was fucking. <laughs> yeah, on the car ride there. It I was, was like, so drunk. She was like, oh, I need help talking to these guys on Tinder and stuff. <laughs> I just want to get some dick. <laughs> so, yeah, so we were just like shooting the shit with that, having some fun conversation. And then we went to a wine tasting place. And so we all had some wine. I got drunk. Yeah, we got a little tipsy. Then we got burritos at this cool Mexican spot. And started crying. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest is history. So then after that, a couple weeks went by, and then I had my Halloween party. And then you came to my Halloween party. And that's when I kind of started, like, looking at you. By the way, friend. everyone, I looked like a complete psychopath at his Halloween party. I had my makeup, like, raccoon eyes, like, seventh grader eyeliner vibes going on. And apparently Nick was feeling it. Hot psychopath vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then I don't know if our mutual friend Hope was just gassing each other yeah. up or not. Hope told Nick I liked him when I didn't. And Hope told me Nick liked me when he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, so... We'll do like a uh, a double date thing going on just to make it fun and interesting. So we have an outlet by us on Long Island called Tanger. So we were like, all right, let's us four go to the outlet and then maybe get some food after. So that's what we did. That was our first unofficial date. Yeah, and I didn't think I really liked you that much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Nick was a really nice guy. But like at that point, I decided I don't really want a romantic relationship, anything serious. I was just looking for kind of like a one and done situation. So mm -hmm. I wasn't, I didn't like you like you until maybe like the second time we went out together. I was mm -hmm. like, no, oh, he's actually really nice. And was that, <laughs> was that the solo first date or was that at my house the second time? Cause that's what I keep getting a blur. I'm not yeah, sure if it was. Exactly, yeah. But it's pretty close. What do you think about, cause it definitely wasn't for us, but like, Love at first sight. Yay, nay. Um, I think, can it happen? Sure. Is it plausible? Does it usually happen? No. Because there's more than obviously just looks. There's personality. There's, there's like so many factors. Yeah. I don't believe in love at first sight. I believe in lust at first sight. Yeah. You see someone and then you project everything onto them that you want them to be. Mm -hmm. And you make assumptions about them based off of their appearance or their vibe. But it... 90% of that's usually not true. And that's usually very dangerous basing if you want a relationship with someone off of sexual chemistry. Yeah, because the less you know about a person, the more you project. Like, oh, I only know what this person looks like. So I'm going to pretend that they're a... My nine charming. Lover. Yeah, exactly. They have everything I could possibly want and need. But that's why you got to kind of put yourself out there and see where it takes you with that relationship. So what was your view on relationships before we started? Um, so funny enough, I've actually never had a girlfriend before, Lauren. Um, I was in the mindset of, I don't know if love was for me. Um, I was kind of riding solo, doing my own thing. And I honestly thought I was going to be that way for life, for whatever reason. I don't know if it's like self-insecurities or just me not being ready to share my life with someone else. And then you just kind of came into my life 
And there's no perfect moment or unperfect moment. It just happens. And I just got this like feeling like, oh, every time she's around me, I just light up and it makes me so happy. And I was like, why wouldn't I want this? So I said, fuck it. Let me jump right in and see what happens. What do you think about, because most of my listeners identify as female. Why do you think so many men are ambivalent towards relationships? Um, A lot of guys are... The, the whole guy code and like just media and stuff, it tells guys that fuck feelings. Um, it, it's not worth it because you're a man. And if you're a man, you're not supposed to have feelings. Yeah. You're supposed to be a solid rock. Fuck and get money. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't have feelings, you can't get hurt. And that kind of goes for both genders. So if you jump into something just thinking, oh, I'm going to have sex and feelings come secondary, what's the worst thing that can happen? okay, this girl leaves me after we have sex or whatever the case may be, I'm not hurt because I never had feelings to begin with. And that's a very dangerous thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a very dangerous thing to do. But guys and girls are kind of at this point in life told that's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck feelings is the attitude of 2020, 2019, and 2021, which is crazy. Toxic masculinity at its finest. So, yeah, because everything comes back to social media, social media objectifies men and women. And that's kind of there's really no emotional posts, right? Everything's just, oh, look at this guy's abs. Look at this girl's butt or whatever the case is. And that's what gets the most likes. Everyone's in that mindset of if I just think sexual, I can get the benefits with none of the negatives. Yeah. So, well, it's funny because. We didn't kiss for like a week or two, and I actually made the first move on you. So what do you think about girls asking guys out or making the first move on guys? I think it's entirely fine. I I think everyone expects a guy to, and that's why I usually, I'll definitely put my feelings out there, but I'll never be the first person to kiss on a first date. I'll never be the first person to initiate sex because that's just not who I am. I kind of never want someone to feel obligated. So I always let them decide, okay, if they want to make that move. Um, Is it a detriment? I would think so. But it's everyone, the social norms is the guy supposed to do this, this, and this. And that puts a lot of pressure on guys. So sometimes they don't want to date or they don't want to make the first move because what if it's not at the right time? What if she's not feeling the same way I'm feeling? And there's a 21 question that, that go on your head. Yeah. So... And it's just easier to kind of not do it, if that makes sense. Which it doesn't make sense because it should be easy to show love. But everyone is trained to to do it a certain way based off social norms or TV or media. Well, I've always been told that if a guy likes you, he's going to pursue you. And I think a lot of, like, what are the top, that goes along with a lot of societal pressures that men are faced with and do you think that's one of them totally if a girl thinks if a guy likes me he'll ask me for my number but what you basically just said opposes that yeah so obviously if there's no um if it's like pulling teeth to get the person to respond to you then it's most likely just not working out for whatever reason but if a guy's interested if he's like texting if he's if he's in there with you like if he's constantly communicating with you he may just be too shy to initiate that first step out of respect or out of just being too shy. Yeah. Like, 
That's true. I think a lot of females listening, like, I've never gotten mixed signals from Nick, which is one of the reasons why I knew that, like, I could see a future with you. Because everyone before you, at least dating on Tinder, on Bumble, Hinge, whatever, it's all mixed signals. It's all, oh, they won't answer me for six hours. Sorry, I was busy at work. Mm -hmm. Can you hang out this weekend? Oh, no, sorry, I'm busy at work. With you, it was never mixed signals. So what would you tell dealing with that? This goes for guys and girls. You really got to cut out the bullshit of, okay, if I text this person and they respond to me, I can't text for an hour because I can't show that I'm really needy or that I'm available because that's corny. No, if, if someone responds to you, you should respond back as soon as you feel like it's, it's time to respond. Not, okay, I don't want to feel needy because that's the reciprocation. If you're texting them and they're texting you back, that, that shows that they care enough to respond to you. Yeah. What would you say is like a definite red flag? Um, if it's always an excuse, Yeah. like you text someone, and they get back to you two hours every single time. Of course, once in a while, everyone has their own life. But if it's if you feel like something's weird, it's probably weird. Um, if it's one sided, the conversation. If if like I said, it's pulling teeth to get a response back. Like if you ask or bring up a topic and it's just a straight, oh, how was your day? Good. That's it. Or, oh, do you like to do anything? No. Like, those are those are red flags that kind of let you know either they're not interested or they're kind of playing that hard-to-get mentality, which really should be thrown away at this day and age because nobody has time for it, nor is it fair, nor is anyone getting any benefit out of it. I think you could always discern and use your judgment. And so often, especially in dating, you're taught to not trust your intuition. You're taught to trust facts and logistics but if you have to ask yourself is something off then it most likely is totally so i actually when you asked me out for the first time said no and i want to know what your mental process of that was so you told me a lot of your a lot of your history so when you told me no my intuition taught me that it wasn't a place of like hate or of like I'm not in, yeah, I'm not interested in you full stop. It was more so I need more time to think about this. I'm not ready, so to speak, to jump into a relationship, but I still want to see where this could go. That's why I knew like, okay, it's not the end of the world. So I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. Cause also that's another thing. If someone says no, it just means no at that moment. It doesn't necessarily mean no forever, but you don't want to get that twist and think, oh, no really means yes. Because that's, oh my God, that's no. a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> it's you you can kind of tell if someone's interested in you because they can say listen you're a really good person i just want to take things slow yeah that's that's one green flag a red flag is listen you're a really nice person can we be friends if someone tells you can we be friends that's a nice way of saying i don't i want to see you romantic i don't see you romantically but maybe we can hang out oh especially for girls if you tell a guy he's just your friend like please guys stop trying to get out of yeah that's zone. the number one it's never going yeah. to happen it's <laughs> the number one indicator and it's the nicest way too because listen nobody wants to say listen i don't like you like that so go away yeah like i think girls are too passive with that because especially like we have a hard time saying no or rejecting people because we don't want to come off as a bitch so we'll just try to kind of gently let people down like especially those guys in your Instagram inbox like you hope that eventually they'll get the message 
and you don't reply to them, but a lot of guys just don't get the hint. Because if if it seems like there's a chance, they may try to take the chance. Mm. Like, oh, maybe they like me. Not like that yet, but there's a chance. She said maybe later. So, okay, I'll text her in a week from now about that date. Yeah. Okay, she doesn't want to hang out with me this week, so maybe two weeks from now I'll text her. So, Five years later. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm wondering what it's been your experience, because a lot of my listeners are survivors of trauma. What it's been like dating someone on, so mostly on this like podcast, I talk about my side of dating as someone that's experienced abuse, but what's it been like on your end as the healthy person dating someone that's dealing with a sh- like a ton of shit? I would say you got to have empathy and you have to understand what you're dealing with. Like when I wanted to go out with you and we finally decided to become a couple, I realized there were some sacrifices that I'd have to make, but I felt it was worth it because I love you enough. So I think also communication is key because if you don't tell me how you're feeling or I don't tell you how I'm feeling, that disconnect can cause a disagreement or just a misunderstanding like entirely. So communication is key and empathy. You got to have empathy. Like, just because you never went through that trauma doesn't mean you can't empathize and just be like, listen, that's some heavy stuff and I feel for you. Like, I can understand why you feel a certain way. Um, some people, it could be one minuscule thing that you think could happen. Like, oh, this person stubbed their toe. They should get over it. Meanwhile, that could have been such a major issue for them that they can't get over it because you were never in their shoes. You can't understand. I think listening is really important. And for me, it's like not trying to fix it. Cause a lot of times, especially men, super analytical, they'll approach every quote unquote problem with a solution. And I think just listening and having empathy is so much more valuable than saying, well, we can get rid of this quote unquote issue this way. If you catch my drift, which mm-hmm. you've done, like we've never gotten into an argument necessarily right We've never no i don't think so but and i don't no. think like there's a lot of controversy around is it normal to fight and i'm gonna say it's normal but it shouldn't be frequent if you're fighting with your partner you're getting into a huge blow every month and it's probably not healthy if you can count on two hands the amount i think that's too many yeah so i think it's normal to have disagreements and that's different entirely yeah from an argument from yeah an argument where you're breaking up for a day getting back together or even like if voices are raised and stuff like that Mm -hmm. that takes it to another level you can doesn't matter how crazy the topic is you can always talk it out even if it's heavy stuff should always be respectful respectful. yeah and another important thing is i've told you like what my triggers are because you don't know like meeting Mm -hmm. someone you don't know what necessarily triggers them or bothers them so i think communicating that as well and mm-hmm. seeing how the other person responds to what you tell them, if they approach it with compassion or if they approach it with judgment is huge, which you've always totally. done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we also are doing couples therapy. Yeah. And I feel like that's a safe space for you to, I don't know, open up. Cause maybe the one-on-one conversation could feel a little awkward, especially if you don't want to like, I guess, shoo the person away with your, not drama, but baggage. Whereas if you're in a safe space, like couples therapy, 
there's a mediator and they can help kind of referee the situation, so to speak. And they can kind of bring different perspectives. So I'm wondering, you said a few moments ago that you had to make some sacrifices. What were those sacrifices? Um, sacrifices. So sacrifices aren't necessarily a bad thing. Um, just me having to take longer to understand where you're coming from. And that's okay. That's not a negative. It's just different. Sometimes different isn't good or bad. I think at least for us, you're, so I had a pattern of dating men that were all the same and it was a bad thing because most of them were very unhealthy. So when I was working with my life coach, she was like, I think you don't, you're not jumping and pulling your panties down for Nick because he's unlike anyone you've ever dated before, which if you've been in toxic relationship after toxic relationship, I'm going to say go for the guy or girl that's unlike anything you've ever been with before, because sometimes familiarity can breed off a dysfunction. So we have a lot of differences, but I think in a sense, they're really empowering for me because like you're the opposite of me in that you're super optimistic and I'm super pessimistic <laughs> and it kind of just like evens me out or gives me a sense yeah. of um, like groundedness, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And like you said, you don't have to be on the same page with everything. That's what makes people unique. If everyone was the same cookie cutter, it'd be boring. Yeah. Um, and growth. Like if people have different views on something, you can understand why they feel that way and maybe learn some information. I've learned a whole bunch of stuff from you. Like and I'm. What? about like um just trauma um recovery um spirituality stuff like that and and that's cool information that i wouldn't have known otherwise so (laughs) (laughs) i've learned a lot from you too yeah and that's what i think a really good relationship is you learn from each other you help each other grow but you're still your own you're your own person yeah you're a person lauren i'm a person nick and our relationship is is yeah a different thing well it's about growing together as individuals because if you're both sort of um decompensating in your relationship if the relationship brings out the worst in you then i'm gonna say that it's probably not the right relationship but the right person even if you've had a history of abuse or trauma it will be more healing you know then mm-hmm. There's more good times than bad times. You're smiling a lot more than you're crying. If it's the opposite, I'd say that's kind of alarming. It shouldn't be painful or a drag to want to hang out with your boyfriend or girlfriend. If that's ever, it gets to a point like that, there's really no reason to be together. Well, I think people stay together for that. Comfortability. Fear of kind of like nothing better is out there, at least from my experience. Mm -hmm. The fear of the unknown. The fear of loss. And that, that is a scary thing. And that's when I think you can kind of weigh the positives and negatives. That's always a good thing to do just in life in general. Yeah. Pro and cons. (laughs) Is it serving you? Like if the cons outweigh the pros, then (laughs) nine times out of 10, it's like, nah, it's not it for me. I've made that for every one of my now exes, a pro and con list. And I would see that the pros were like, he's hot cons. He hits me. Like you have Mm -hmm. to measure what's carrying more weight exactly (laughs) yeah but what would you say is your top i know we've talked about this but just for the listeners like talking about fear what is your biggest relationship fear or fear for yourself in relationship um not 
falling out of love would really suck. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's that's a big one. Like committing to one person for your whole life is definitely doable, but how do you keep it from going stale? Yeah, from or just from becoming boring. That's stale. why yeah. that's why I think just doing stuff, activities, having conversations, even if it's small things, like let's go food shopping, let's let's go on a jog, let's Let's play 21 questions. Let's that let's novelty. play a game. Yeah. Yeah, that's what keeps it fun, keeps it light. Cuz you're right. Especially with COVID right now, like like I said it goes back to having something to eat, having sex, like walking. Like there's nothing you can really do right now until the summertime at least. So it's kind of up to yourself and your partner to make it fun. It's whatever you make it. I know you said that it's possible to commit to someone for the rest of your life. So I just wanted to ask about that because I know a lot of men have commitment fear and I consider myself a commitment phobe. So how do you think you've come to establish that belief that it's uh, obviously you're monogamous, Mm -hmm. but is that based off of your parents' marriage? Is that just based off of what you've learned from movies and society or is that um, I think it's a multitude of things because um, I was grown up with two parents that love each other very much. So I'm sure that plays a huge factor. If they were divorced, I'm, I honestly don't know how I would feel in the matter. But for me, it's a lot of it stems back to being afraid. Um, I feel like people are afraid to commit to a certain person because what if it doesn't work out? What if I get hurt? What if I'm head over heels into this relationship and the next day the person breaks up with me? Yeah. Um, why would I want to put all my eggs in one basket? out of that fear of rejection. But it's kind of like, if you don't try it, you may never know. And that's the whole point of life. It's taking that dive. And sometimes you'll jump into the water and other times you'll bump your head. But then through experience, you can learn <laughs> what waters are shallow and what what are like oceans. That's true. I agree. And I know you said one of like, obviously for many people, betrayal and loss of trust such as cheating is like a huge deal breaker clearly so I'm wondering I don't think we've ever talked about this before but how does that does that scare you at all as someone that I've cheated um I would say no because each relationship is different um there were different factors in that relationship um does cheating make you a good or bad person no it just is it's just an action so it's I completely trust you right now. And there was no, there's no reason to not trust you. Right. If you come into a relationship, not trusting a person, that's a huge red flag too. Yeah. Cause you're, you're going to be up at night every time that person's not with you thinking, Oh, are they cheating on me? Are they doing this or doing that? And that's not healthy either. So if you're going to commit to, to being in a relationship with whoever it may be, you got to have the trust there. That's the foundation without trust. It's, it's not a relationship. Well, a lot of people our age are under the impression I will only trust someone until they've earned my trust. And it that's why everyone our age, by the way, we're in our 20s, is like, I have trust issues. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, in general, don't trust themselves. So if they're like, I can't trust my, if I can't trust myself, how can I trust this person that yeah. I've just met? Um, you got to really take that barrier down. Um, trust doesn't need to be earned. Um, it needs to be built, but you can't, if you don't allow it to be built, it will never grow. You're, you got to plant the seed of trust, trust to let it grow. And what you said, I think is super vital because it comes down to trusting yourself. And that's why like, I'm a big proponent of therapy because that's 
being in so many abusive relationships, like it's completely taught me to not trust myself. So that's why when I was onboarding you, so to speak, I was like, there's a catch. Like, is he a low key psychopath? Like what's wrong with him? <laughs> and my life coach was basically like, you're, there's never going to be a time where you're a hundred percent ready to trust someone again. It's never. just about taking that leap and then using your own judgment and discerning if they deserve your continued trust. Yeah. Um, I, I also think insecurity is a big factor. Mm. If you're not secure with yourself. Now, can you have a relationship and be insecure? Totally. Mm -hmm. I'm insecure. You're insecure. Everyone will be insecure to some extent. But if you can learn to live with your insecurities or know when you're being insecure instead of like having like intuition, like, oh, is my boyfriend cheating on me? No, he loves me. I'm just thinking this is happening because of my insecurity or is there actually an event that happened that made me cause the doubt? Those mm -hmm. are two different things. But if you know, if it's just your like mind speaking, then you can let, let it pass. You can marinate on it, but then say, this is not like normal and kind of let it, let it pass. Yeah. Cause everyone has those. I have things in my head that I'm like, Oh, that wasn't normal and let it pass. Yeah. Yeah. Same with like, it's like road rage or anything else. People get happy. We're emotional beings. People get happy, sad. It's just if you're going to act on those Exactly, thoughts. yeah. We and I'm through, like, sorry to cut you off. No, okay. Continue. We go through like 20 emotions a day. <laughs> <laughs> I do at least. Don't you hate when you're like, you both go to say something at the same time? Like more it's than once. It's so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. But no, I've, I, I'm under like, there's two branches of insecurity. I'm super insecure. You're super insecure. But there's other people that are insecure. And then it's turns kind of morphs into jealousy and rage and controlling and manipulation and that's definitely not cool like people taking their own insecurities out and projecting it out onto you which is like something i'm working on not doing to you in the relationship <laughs> <laughs> well you're doing good what are some things you think guys in general are insecure about um well probably looks i would say looks physique um being emotional Emotional is key um, because it's not manly to have emotions. And movies say that. Instagram says that. Twitter says that. Like every form of media is macho man. That's what you got to be. You got to be macho man. And that's why I kind of a couple years ago, I just decided whatever I'm feeling emotionally, I'm just going to say it out loud. It's like a nice way to it, it's like a nice practice to just do like, Oh, that sun looks really pretty out. I say it out loud. Oh shit. That's a beautiful sunset or, Oh, that's a cute dog. I say it in my head. Oh, that's a cute dog. Cause nine times out of 10 guys do have that emotion or they do think that but they never say it. That's sad. Yeah. Because it's not, <laughs> it's not manly to say. I hate that, but I don't think girls want what guys expect them to want. Like we don't, necessarily like dominating men and that's where the whole like nice guy syndrome thing comes in where guys think girls don't like nice guys it's not that we just don't like guys that are super at least me and my friends submissive that can't be a leader that can't take charge because men have masculine and feminine energy but women so feminine they want someone that embraces the masculine too and that's why it all goes back to communication if girls don't tell guys what they want and guys don't tell girls what they want, everyone's putting up a facade of what, oh, I think girls want this, so I'm going to act this way. And then girls think, oh, I think guys want this, so I'm going to act this way. 
when in reality, a simple conversation could make everything so much easier. Yeah, but I just hate that men think women like assholes. Because for me, at least, it's not been like, oh, it makes my panties wet when this guy beats me. It's more so like that facade you said that they put up a lot of people when they first start dating, put up a facade, and then a month or two in, they get comfortable and completely change their personality. It's like a switch. Yeah, it's a smoke and mirror tactic, Yeah, which is also something to, to, I don't know, just keep in the back of your mind because don't let that stop you from dating, of course, but you really don't know a person until I would say maybe six months. At least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously some people you get to know faster than others because they allow you into your life more. Cause that's different. Everybody's different. Some people are an open book. Like I would say you're definitely an open book. I would say I'm an open book, but then some people it's, you got to peel back the layers. They're an onion. And they only let you in to a certain extent until you've kind of gained their trust a little bit. And that's okay. That's not saying that's bad. It's just different. People are different. There's no really such thing as good and bad in terms of how people feel in a relationship or how they work. Well, I think I came into this relationship and I put everything out on the table. Like I know how important it is to communicate with your partner. So I told you all of my dirty laundry, so to speak, like straight out the gate (laughs) and it didn't scare you away. So that was always a good sign. Yeah. And and obviously there's there's levels to how much sometimes people want to tell other people. Um, yeah. I think the important things you should probably get out of the way because it's going to become a more painful conversation the more you shelter it. Mm-hmm. But if you say it within the first month of, of dating somebody or just getting to know somebody, see how they handle it. Because maybe exactly. some people can handle it if it's really heavy stuff and they can't handle it. Maybe they weren't the right person for you, but at Absolutely. least you found out in the first month. Yeah. Now, if you let that fester for three, four months, and then you feel like you're comfortable enough to bring it up and they're not okay with it, or they can't go back to, <laughs> to where they were in that mindset because of that information, it's kind of like, fuck, that yeah. sucks. We're at an impasse and we might have to cut this off. Yeah, I get it could be intimidating. That's why I don't think I told you on our first, second, or third date, like, by the way, this is every bad thing that happens to me. (laughs) It was kind of, like, slowly over time. Yeah. You you dip your toe in and see how they react. Mm -hmm. And if it's not crazy or if it's very cordial or the way you would like it, then you can take the foot in, then the leg in, then the whole body, so to speak. Yeah, if they respond with criticism or just make you feel worse for telling them, then I think that's a really bad sign. Yeah, that's another red flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How people react is is key. Because er- when everyone's happy, like, that's okay, that's cool when people are reacting. But when shit hits the fan, that's when a true person comes out. Like, whether it's mm. something sad that happens, something that made someone upset. Um, if you ever had to come with them about something that, I don't know, that you upset them with or they upset you with and they don't take any accountability, that's a red flag. Yeah, which I've done with you. Yeah. And you reacted very appropriately, mm-hmm. I would say. Like some people get defensive or they turn it on mm-hmm. you or especially something in our generation, you tell someone something that bothers you and they just ghost you. Yeah. Because they're too ashamed to like deal with the emotion. Because they can't handle it. Yeah. Whether it's whatever the case may be. But that's why own your shit. Own your shit a little bit. And that goes for for everyone. Yeah. If everyone took more accountability, it wouldn't be so hard to apologize, to be able to talk to someone. Cause a lot of times that no one wants to bring anything up because they're 
afraid of how that person will react. But if everyone is more comfortable with their reaction, then it should be easier. Which I get, like, it could be uncomfortable or awkward to say, like, hey, this bothered me. Especially if it's someone you've been dating, like, a month or two. It's like, oh, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. But it's better to bring it up and address it than to just walk on eggshells. Yeah, or, or to let it fester. And then Resentment. a conversation about milk may become, like, World War Three yeah. because you let that one thing fester. Yeah. So. That's true. And I said to you, like, I know you would want me to do that for you, so I would want you to do this. Exactly. Same. Yeah. I mean, relationships are a two-way street, so. Yeah. What would you say has been the most, like, I don't know, biggest challenge or most intense moment of the relationship? Mm, I wouldn't say there were any huge intense moments. Yeah, um, just trying to, like, whenever a bad situation happened, trying to get my point across that I sympathized for you and didn't kind of want to make you feel like I was pandering hmm. or like, like, Oh, I feel like shit right now. Like I, obviously I want to show you the bright side of things, but I never want you to say like, Oh, you shouldn't feel that way. Oh, because I that. Yeah. yeah if, if you're feeling like shit because of a shitty situation, you should feel that way. Like, yeah. Validation. Yeah. Like something I never got. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> validate because that, shows you that you're emo you're an emotional person that shows you you're a human being like yeah. humans have emotions we're not robots so you should be able to feel that depression that happiness that sadness because that that's life yeah. that means you got a pulse that's true right yeah i never was validated growing up so it always made me date people that were very verbally abusive but you on the opposite end like how would you say you're growing up um so my mom is is my rock she's like she taught me everything i know and whenever something bad would happen she'd sit me down and say we're we're gonna talk about this doesn't matter how so painful <laughs> doesn't matter how emotional this is gonna be we're not getting up until this is there's a conclusion to this and did it suck fuck yeah some of the conversations were heavy and i did not want to have them but i'm a better person for it and it goes back to the social norms of oh don't show your emotions whether you're a guy girl whoever indifferent regardless of of who someone is um just speak out yeah i love your mom yeah that's why she's awesome <laughs> you're so emotionally intelligent because dating i was talking to my friend about this the other day that like we love dating people that have the same trauma as us which can lead us to date like very um toxic men you know and when I started dating you, I was like, he doesn't have anything like super <laughs> traumatic, like super, super traumatic, um, which you obviously have trauma. Everyone has baggage. But I was like, how is he so emotionally intelligent and mature? So I and think healthy? <laughs> when people when people first start dating, they want to see what they have in common. Yeah. So if you both have emotional baggage, you're like, wow, I can relate to you so quickly. But that can sometimes be dangerous. Good. Yeah. It's, it's not good or bad. It's just different. Yeah. But that's good that I always tell my girlfriends date a guy that loves his mother because if he has a mother wound if he hates his mom god forbid if he beats his mom like there's probably an issue when it comes to female figures in his life so I think that's why you're so sturdy yeah because your mom I love my mom I'm a, I'm a mama's boy he loves his mom yeah. so get yourself a man that loves his mom <laughs> but yeah do you want to talk about sex 
Yeah, we've talked about sex, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So when we first started having sex, it was not as good as it is now, I think. Yeah, totally. 100%. So why do you think guys love one night stands then? Because I've, I'm not going to lie, all the sex I've ever had on a hookup is like not great. Okay. Never came. No Um, girl has probably. So for one night stands, if there's any performance issues or insecurity in the bedroom, they can go, this is a hump and dump. I don't have to worry about anything. If I'm shy, it's just me and that person. I'm never going to see them again. So let me just get through this and leave. Um, and that's obviously for me personally, <laughs> I, I never really was into that because sex to me is more on an emotional level. If it's just a physical level, it's like fast food. Um, sure. You can have a lot of it, but it doesn't fill you up like a three course meal does. And that's emotional sex. Yeah. When there's emotions involved, that's what, that's the connection. That's what makes it possible. Yeah. That's the mind, body, and soul. Whereas the one night stand is just, it's just flesh. It's bing, bam, boom. A hole's a hole. Yeah, so to to speak. that's an inside joke. But, yeah, it could be anyone. But I think a lot of women, at least I have my younger insecure self, would blame if a guy didn't call me on myself. But is it about the girl or is it about the guy? I think it's what's Um, going on with him. Honestly, it can be both. Um, And I'm sure it's a factor of both. Maybe they got nervous or didn't didn't perform up to par or or maybe it wasn't what they were looking Which for is usually the case ladies right <laughs> so some, <laughs> sometimes sometimes with like sex is an important part of a relationship too is it the end all be all no but sometimes it can i don't know well, you can learn a lot about people by good sex, sex makes the relationship good but mm-hmm. bad sex makes the relationship like that could be reason for breaking up Mm-hmm. you know if that's was a case for me and i'm not gonna lie and say that's not a factor yeah like people sometimes have one night stands because it was bad sex mm. because they weren't emotionally involved they were just involved physically yeah. so if the sex was good on a physical level of course they're gonna come back but if it was a one night stand they came in to the relationship in the mindset of i just met you at a bar i want to have yeah. sex with you if the sex was great i want to have sex with you again the sex was bad. I don't want to have sex with you because they were never connected on an emotional level. Well, for our people our age, millennials, I think it's a lot easier for us to connect physically rather than emotionally, which is really sad. But I always think if a guy is not in the right mindset for a relationship, then there's nothing you could do that is going to change that. Do you agree? Like, yeah, that's either way. If a person isn't ready, yeah, whether that's a guy or yeah. But yeah, totally. Um, because it's a lot harder to open up emotionally than it is physically emotionally Be- invest yeah because or just even open up like even to say like simple things like oh i love <laughs> i love shirley temples like that if a guy said that according to like the macho man standards it's like oh wow that's that's really feminine of you it's just a drink who, who gives a shit but social norms says otherwise so if people have a hard time to even open up about things they like like it's a lot harder than to open up your feelings towards another person. Was it hard for you to open up to me? No, because whenever I felt like, oh, this is pretty feminine or just like not how a guy should act in the social aspect, I was like, I don't care. Like, cause I, I everyone has, thing. everyone <laughs> has like internal monologues and dialogues. I have like, everyone has like voices in their head in terms yeah. of like, oh, Nick, okay, let's, let's do this today. Like, what, what are we doing today? How can we get better today? Or just in general. 
So whenever I think of something and then I'm like, ah, I can't say that because that's not masculine. Then I can go, what are you talking about? There's no such thing as masculine or feminine. Just say what the fuck you want to say. And so I'll just blurt it out. Well, I've always appreciated that about you because I think you're an ENFP. I'm an INFJ. And Nick is very, like, I like that you have a lot of feminine qualities about you because, like, you're very sensitive and empathic. And I don't like people that just a lot of masculine qualities, men become hyper-masculinized and they always think, like, I have to control and dominate and have power. And you were always more of, like, a soft, gentle soul. Um, so for my perspective of, cause I like, I don't know, I do feminine and masculine things. I like working out. I like talking about my emotions. I like, I like watching a rom-com. I, I like all that stuff. <laughs> but I think if you take labels off things, it makes it easier for people in general. Yeah. If you say that's not masculine and that's not feminine, that just is like, I like having tacos. Is that masculine or feminine? Feminine? No, it shouldn't be. I like working out. Should that be masculine or feminine? No, it's just a thing you do. I like talking about emotions. That shouldn't be, it's, we try to put labels on things so much that it, it scares people. Well, because sometimes, at least from a cultural standpoint, it's easier to categorize people because categories make people feel safe. But categories make people feel unsafe just oh, as yeah, much. Oh, yeah, I think categories it. as a whole are not, they, they don't serve us anymore, it, at least in terms of the social, social aspect. Yeah. Like, even in terms of, like, what's like psychologically wrong with people, even though you may be a schizophrenic or something like that, you're unique, a unique person. You may have tendencies, but like, that's why, I don't know when you get pigeonholed in a bucket with other people, mm. it's horrible. It's the worst yeah. thing you can do because everyone is unique and that's down to DNA. That's DNA true. doesn't lie. Science doesn't lie. So none of us are unique. I mean, not all of us are unique. None of us are the same. None, <laughs> None of us, us are unique. Are special. We're, We're all, all the stuck. same. No, exactly. Like, so, and that's from everything, cultural background, like where you grew up, what race you are, what, what you think it's, it's crazy. It's a melting pot. It's awesome. But so then why categorize people? Yeah, that's true. What made you want to be in a relationship with me versus just hanging out and hooking up? Cause we definitely had sex before we started dating. Mm-hmm. Because I liked being around you, number one. And I think that should be the main thing. Like, if you're comfortable with someone, like, if if you feel like at the end of the day, you can just lay back and chill with that person, that's key. Be yourself with them. Yeah, be yourself with them. And no fear of judgment. Yeah. Like, you want to have that person be your safe space. If mm-hmm. you feel like, oh, when I'm with this person, like my boyfriend or girlfriend, I have to, I have to make sure I'm wearing my makeup. I have to make sure that everything looks looks perfect. You don't have time to relax. Like yeah. now, if you like wearing makeup or if you yeah. like, like I like working out. Okay. I do it for me, but not because if I don't do it, this person's going to leave me. Yeah. You want to be able to have a safe space. I hardly ever wear makeup anymore. Yeah. And I could give a shit. Yeah. But it's about finding someone that makes you feel good. Yeah. In, in, in all aspects or in a majority of the aspects, because nobody's going to take all your, no. all your checklists, but if you're happy with them, yeah, that's I think the the best thing because happiness over encompasses everything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> you're not going to be happy with someone that 
you don't like. Well, it's not to say you should be happy all the time because that is no, so never. It's impossible. Yeah, like there's been so many times throughout our relationship where I feel like shit because not because of you, but internal mm-hmm. stuff that's going on in my mind, like projecting, making assumptions, self sabotaging, and it's just about learning to like deal with your own shit and keep that shit in check so it doesn't affect the relationship. Exactly. Let the emotion pass. Like marinate on that emotion, but then realize is it normal or not like did that person deserve how i'm feeling about them mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good thing to kind of go well, through the way we practice. feel about other people just mostly speaks to how we're feeling about ourselves exactly yeah because i'll admit like when i criticize other people i can be very critical and judgmental like i know it's because i feel like shit about myself mm-hmm. and i'm just like casting it's a coping those. it's yeah. a coping mechanism yeah, yeah. so totally that being said, like a lot of my listeners also are dealing with mental health issues like depression and anxiety. So I know you've gone through depression and you're dating someone that has pretty like significant depression, <laughs> as, especially as the last few months. So like one of my biggest fears is like eventually he's going to get tired of dealing with me. I'm so depressed and anxious and just like all around down. Have you ever like is that obviously i'm not telling you to validate that but like i know you've dealt with it yourself so does that impact how you see it uh yes because everyone has had a depressing tendency i would say or people yeah an episode whether that's okay i had a bad day at work whether that's a death in the family whether that's any any major thing so i think people can empathize with people who are just feeling down Um, And sometimes people need space and that's why Mm. I can understand it. If someone, let's say for whatever reason, they don't get back to me in a text or, or they're just not themselves. I got to realize that's not, that's not them being mad at me. That's them trying to cope through their own issue. And I can't get mad at that. And the best thing to do is to just say, I'm here for you. If you need me, if, and when you need me and, and kind of leave it at that. I care about you. I just want to know that. I validate your opinion and I'm here to help if you need me. Not what's bothering you, what's bothering you. Oh, I How can that. I help? Oh, I can fix no. you, blah, blah, blah. No, definitely not. And obviously there's a huge difference between like having a bad day at work and having clinical depression. Of course. Um, but you've always been very like, every time I say something that bothers me, you're like, I 100% understand like you have every right to feel that way versus like saying, ah, oh, just, you know, go meditate like it's tomorrow will be a better day like mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than saying that to someone that yeah, has depression you want to feel validated that's what it is at the end of the day validation is key because it lets you know that okay it's normal for me to feel this like if something bad happened you should kind of feel bad yeah. if you feel happy when something bad happens like Ooh. good for you that's awesome but you may want to get checked out <laughs> <laughs> So, and you've definitely been good with giving me my space rather than being overpowering and smothering. But at the same time, like I'm very introverted. You're what I would say is extroverted. So how do you, I guess, distinguish that line between like giving someone space and like allowing them to isolate? Um, Some of it is just based off of intuition on how I read the situation. The other is basing it off you. That's why it's important that the other person reciprocates. Yeah. Says how they're feeling. Listen, I'm not really in a good spot right now. I'll text you in a little bit. Or I gotta I gotta think some things over. I'll get back to you. Or just thanks, babe. I love you. 
Yeah. Leave it, leave it simple because obviously if it's, if it's bothering you, um, let the person know, like, listen, I'm in a funk right now. Yeah. I just don't feel too hot at the moment or I don't, I don't feel like talking right now. Just something came up. I'll talk to you later. Cause if you don't let them know, they're going to try to want to help you and figure out the situation that might make you mad at them, make it worse. but their intentions are, are the best because yeah. they want to know how they can help you. But sometimes helping them is giving, giving them space, but you got to tell them that. Yeah. So they don't think you're just ignoring them. Exactly. Cause they might get upset at you for being upset at them when it's <sighs> mis- <laughs> miscommunication causes, I think a majority of arguments. Yeah. And it's, it's all a learning curve too. Like yep. I have bipolar disorder. There's times where I want to just hibernate and like, I'll think I'm never going to talk to Nick again because I'm having a bad day or something like that. So it's just me understanding like you've never dated someone that has a, se- a serious mental illness and like you're learning as much as I'm learning. Yeah. And I think every relationship, whether there's no issues at all, which is non-existent, but yeah. it's a learning experience. Two people are learning how to share their lives together mm-hmm. and how to help each other. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. So let's wrap this up with um, talking about sex again, because this is a sex podcast <laughs> somewhat. So what, we go. what would you say makes sex good on the guy's end? On the guy's end in terms of physically? No, like... The best sex you've ever had and doesn't necessarily have to have been with me, but what makes you say that was a good um, I would say I would say a lot of a lot of touching, eye contact, kissing, like being present, I would say is key. Um if you're just kinda there, the yeah, if you're going through the motions or you're there but not really there. You're just kind of hanging out. You can usually tell. You can tell. You can tell by people's vibes, honestly. Um, if you're into it, they'll be into it. Well, unfortunately, I think a lot of men have sex to just use a human as their masturbation sleeve. And a lot of women have sex because they think that it's going to be a way for the guy to connect with them. If that makes sense. Like girls and guys have sex sometimes. for It all comes down to wanting to feel wanted. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of men have like this, this like unhealthy relationship with sex where they see sex as a way for them to just like, it's an ego boost, you know? Well, an easy example of this is if you ask a guy his body count uh, and it's double digits lie. or more, yeah. they want to always say, they, they always yeah. say subtract seven to a guy's body count really? because they lie about it. And for girls, they say add seven because they lie about it. So <laughs> the standards is if you're a guy and you sleep around a lot, you're a Casanova. If you're a girl and you sleep around a lot, you're a whore. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't it, – it shouldn't matter. Yeah. Like by having sex, you learn what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. Um, and that's another key thing for a relationship. If you're – if you can't handle that someone had sex before you, one, you're not ready for a relationship. <laughs> And two, sometimes don't ask. Sometimes don't ask. If people are nervous and they don't want to hear the number, don't ask it. Yeah. Right? That's so true. Because if if it's more than one and you're not okay with that, don't answer. Don't ask the question. Oh, my God. I'd, like, ask, and then they would tell me, and then i get so mad at them. And I'm like, I'm never touching that dirty fuck again. Like, I can't (laughs) believe you wanted a girl before me. Mm -hmm. It's just like, no. Yeah, you were supposed to wait for me all this time, (laughs) even though you didn't know me. Yeah, it's... You like get jealous of their past. But see, that's not, that's like obviously not 
the right mindset of thinking. But people think that way. I, everyone thinks that way. That's why you let it happen. Yeah. Let the the thing pass, and then you realize it wasn't normal to think that way. Well, what would you say makes sex bad then? Like I know a lot of me experience experiential wise mm-hmm. like a lot of girls will try to act like porn stars because we feel like we have to put on a performance mm-hmm. like yeah i guess being like really over the top fake. is kind of a turn off yeah fake indifference like just not being interested at all because that's a turn off obviously you want to make sure if you're having sex with someone that's supposed to be the most intimate thing you want someone to to be into <laughs> it right dead fish <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what else. How about you? Um, a lot of guys have. There was a correlate. It was like, sex is like pizza. Like you can never have bad sex because sex is better than no sex at all. Which for women is so not fucking. I don't. True. It's not true for guys either. You think? I know that for a fact. Will a guy say that? Eh, it depends. Depends on if they're secure or not. <laughs> because. Like, I, if it's just one side, if it completely sucks, like, I don't even know if I'd be able to, like, continue, continue. Really? Well, you're a normal, healthy man. I think you're the exception. (laughs) (laughs) I'm obviously very biased. (laughs) I would say bad sex is when, obviously, if a guy, not to say that it's quickies aren't hot, but, like, if it's been like 30 seconds and it's over. It's just about him getting off and he doesn't even care about me. That's a huge turn off. Mm. Um, yeah, that's like huge, especially if he's like, did you come? And then here I am put in an awkward position where I have to lie. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I came yeah, like totally. 20 times. I'm like <laughs> 20 times in 20 seconds. Laundry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's... Um, also, I think being vocal is key. Like if they're hitting the right spot, you could say, oh, right there. Or if they're saying like change positions because you like a certain position it's people don't know until you tell them everyone thinks everyone is like telepathic and can read minds it's not the case everyone like i said has a unique body so different positions work better or worse especially girls every girl's different what worked for your last partner is not probably and people are taller shorter their limbs some people have longer legs some people have longer arms torsos so positions sometimes feel better or worse depending on the person yeah that's true I guess we'll wrap this up with one last question. What can you say to my beautiful female followers who think that men all want a girl that looks like a Victoria's Secret model? Um, It's just not, it's not true. Um, Some guys may say they want that and that's based off of being insecure or just societal conditioning. Yeah. Societal conditioning as well as them being immature because they're not ready then to be in a relationship if they say that because you got to realize that's that model like on a Victoria's Secret spread. That's her on her best day, best makeup, Photoshop out the wazoo. It's not real. None of it's real. Same with the, the guy models that have the airbrushed abs and stuff like that. It's, it's not real. So to want to attain that is, is not, yeah, it's unrealistic. And a lot of people miss out on love because they're saving themselves for that unrealistic person Perfect to unicorn. pop up, which isn't going to happen. And that's super sad. Yeah. So I'm not saying drop your standards by any means, but just try to change your perspective. Yeah. Change your perspective. Try to be a little more human Yeah. instead of robotic. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for coming on, babe. This of course. An hour. So we'll end it here. <laughs> I'd love to come on again. Love, love you. you, baby. <laughs>